Hello and welcome to Theater 5 from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Mr. Thorne, this is the best of my collection. This is amazing, Miss Crane. <laughs> I see that you haven't specialized, have you? Lion, leopard, water buffalo. Panther, cheetah, cougar. Oh, she's touched all the bases. That's the largest polar bear head I've ever seen. Lester thinks my trophies make the house look like a museum. <laughs> um, one thought comes to mind. What's left? I don't intend to try for the abominable snowman, if that's what you mean. <laughs> but something will catch my interest. Oh, confess, Liz, it has. The fish. Did you say fish? Japanese fighting fish. The tanks are over here against the wall. I'll turn on some more lights. Oh. Well, they're beautiful. Mmm. Hate and fury compressed into tiny bodies. Liz tends them as if they were children. Well, they are. Children of death. A lion is a fraud compared to them. If he isn't hungry, you can walk right up to him. The other big cats will attack or not, according to the whim of the moment. But these buttes have a single purpose. They'll fight any time and there's no truth. Put two in a single tank and only one stays alive. They're the most perfect killers in the world. <laughs> Theater 5 presents Miss Wendy Berry in Children of Death. The phone, you're really getting the $50 tour. I appreciate it. Ah, these fish are certainly a novel hobby, Mrs. Crane. Wouldn't macabre be a better word? Lester, where are Tom and Alan? On the terrace. Alan seemed very concerned about the proposed mental hospital. My attorney has a conditioned reflex against charitable donations. Well, sweet, a million dollars ain't hay, as the jet set would say. Speaking of money, I talked to Carter about your last bill for his bookstore. He won't charge anything from now on without my approval. Liz, you didn't. My new book. If you must research your latest plaything, get a card to the public library. You'll be amazed at all the books they have. All free. No, you don't want to understand my work. Um, Mrs. Crane, I... I... Oh, don't be embarrassed. He'll sulk a little. And then come as if nothing had happened. Nothing ever does with Lester. Uh, well... Besides, I... this gives us a moment to be alone. Oh, uh, yes. After our phone conversation, I kept wondering if this wasn't a job for a doctor instead of a retired criminologist. I already have a doctor. These incidents I told you about, petty things individually, but rather damaging collectively. The feeling is growing in our community that Elizabeth Porter Crane may be a little un unbalanced. Here's a written list of the what's and when's. Flowers ordered, servants dismissed. Mm, even a car, which I presumably told Lester to buy. You have no recollection of any of this? None whatsoever. You could be suffering from recurring amnesia. 
I'm not paying you for guesses. Your meeting with Lester was fortunate. It makes contacts easy for us. Do whatever you think necessary and let me know when you get an answer. But... No buts. Besides, we're about to be interrupted. Well, Elizabeth, I, uh, I'm lucky from that excellent dinner, but we really should go over the plans for the hospital. Well, of course, Tom. Come into the library with me. Elizabeth, before you finalize anything, I'd like to make some suggestions regarding the liquid position of the estate. I'll be in your office at 9 tomorrow morning, Alan. Satisfactory? It'll have to be. You're the boss. Thanks for the dinner and good night, all. Good night. Oh, leaving, Alan? Yes. Good night, Lester. It is getting late. Oh, no, 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 no. Let's have a nightcap. Oh, do stay. Lester can do the honors. Tom and I won't be long. Oh. Quite a woman. An American legend. Elizabeth Porter Crane, business tycoon and big game hunter. Colorful. Like the stories about Martin Thorne, man hunter. Oh. <laughs> well, that was just newspaper exuberance at the time I retired. I'm an avid reader. Frankly, our uh, chance meeting at the golf club wasn't quite by chance. Oh? Someone pointed you out to me and mentioned that you were down here for a long weekend. Oh. Now, uh, well, I'm going to try and take advantage of a short acquaintanceship. A direct approach, eh? Yes. Uh, in your career, <clears throat> you had experience with the introverted, the manicative, the various types that can, under certain conditions, uh, become a menace to society or to themselves. Uh, what are you getting at? My wife. I, I've been terribly worried about Elizabeth lately. In what way? Isn't it obvious? African safaris, expeditions down the Amazon, those fighting fish. She watches them, you know, watches them kill each other. I, I don't know, perhaps I'm oversensitive. No, it's not a common spectator sport. Liz has a morbid preoccupation with death, which leads me to these... Family heirlooms on the mantelpiece. As I notice them, matched derringers in excellent condition, pre-Civil War, aren't they? Yes, yes. They're commonly known as gambler's guns because they were used by Mississippi River card sharps. A collector's item. Hmm. One of them is a death gun. What? Hmm. These pistols belong to Caswell Porter, Elizabeth's grandfather. He used one to blow a hole in his head. Oh. Well, perhaps now you understand my concern. There. Dispose of these securities immediately. That will provide the necessary cash. Oh, I wish you would reconsider this donation to the hospital fund. My mind's made up, Ellen. It's not a mistake. Sometime couldn't you make one. It's hard to work for a boss who is always right. When I do make a mistake, it's king-sized. Now, I've got a hypothetical question for your legal mind. The, uh, quote, good friend, end quote? Oh, never mind the comments. And never mind the hypothetical, come to think of it. What would happen to my estate if I were committed to an institution? Institution? A mental institution. Lester is my heir. Would he take over the estate if I was declared insane? No. No what? 
No Porter Enterprises for Lester. In the event you were ever declared mentally unbalanced, a board of trustees would be set up to administer the estate until such time as you recover or die. But why the question? My husband may be showing signs of initiative. I'm wondering if he's hatching a plot. Well, if it's relative to your sanity, what's the motive? Hmm. This could be another choice bit of gossip. I suggest you forget if you want the annual retainer I pay you. Shouldn't we discuss this? If there is some scheme... Alan, please. Anything left to dreams up, I can handle. Well, Alan, sit down. The distinguished counselor looks jumpy. Distinguished counselor? Hmm. Don't you mean Elizabeth's leg, man? <laughs> Sorry, I guess her candor is contagious. Tom, I'm risking my annual retainer from Porter Enterprises, but I have to talk to you. Huh? You're Elizabeth's oldest friend, if she has a friend. She has one. Elizabeth just left my office. She wanted to find out what would happen if she were declared insane. Insane? Isn't it our duty to put the estate in trust? Till Elizabeth recovered. From what? Mental instability. Oh. Obviously, she's worried about it. It was her grandfather's suicide, remember? And her actions have certainly been strange lately. Now, you're her doctor, and I'm her lawyer. I think that perhaps together, we could swing it. Alan, let's get something straight. The Porters have always been brilliant, and the line between genius and insanity is sometimes a thin one. But as far as I'm concerned, Elizabeth is as sane as you are. So, I was right. Not about Elizabeth. About you. The Porter Memorial Hospital means a lot to you, doesn't it? And to the community. Your fund drive can't get off the ground without Elizabeth's million-dollar donation. What's your point? As long as Elizabeth is in charge of the estate, you get your hospital. You're willing to overlook anything. Before you start a rumor that could be damaging to my practice, answer me a question about your business, Counselor. Yours on rebuttal, Doctor. Elizabeth has handled her business like all the porters, meaning she's been making money hand over fist. Now, why does this charitable gesture bother you? Is it because there might be an audit of the books? You haven't been tampering with funds, have you, Counselor? No, what a damaging little whisper that could be. <laughs> Rumor is a double-edged weapon. So, it's a Mexican standoff. Let's call it an armed truce. At least we both know where we stand. Before I leave, have you given Elizabeth a checkup recently? Last week, why? It occurred to me that there's another pawn on the board. Lester? Elizabeth feels he's up to something. She has a nasty habit of being right. Uh, Lester isn't poisoning her, if that's what you have in mind. I don't know what I have in mind. Now, you know, Elizabeth's marriage... Which was not made in heaven. No, no. Lester isn't the driving, empire-building porter type at all. Agreed. Now, you don't suppose Elizabeth is thinking of disposing of her one big mistake? Lester. <laughs> well, you certainly run the gamut. 
First, Elizabeth's crazy. Second, Lester's trying to get rid of her. Now she's planning to do away with him. By the way, am I trying to kill anyone? No, Mordhiv. Goodbye, Doctor. Goodbye, Counselor. Lester's out and the servants are in the kitchen preparing for tonight's party. By the way, you're invited. I plan to return to New York. Your work is finished? I think so. Come into the study. Have you got an answer? I've come to a conclusion. You gave me a list of incidents. Situations where you apparently suffered a loss of memory. I checked out every one. And? They all had one thing in common. A middleman. Lester? Yes. Let's take one instance, since it applies to them all. On the 4th of this month, you supposedly told your husband to order two dozen roses from the florist and then completely forgot about it. But no one heard you tell him. There were no witnesses. And my guess is that you never told him to buy the flowers. He just said you did. However... Well, what's wrong with that line of reasoning? I had a chat with your husband the night I was here for dinner. It's a point, but he never mentioned that your memory was playing tricks. Instead, he seemed concerned about your preoccupation with death. Anything else? He made reference to your grandfather. You mean his suicide? Oh. I'm making out your check, Mr. Thorne. You've given me my answer. How? Oh, I'll give you a clue. When you're hunting the big cats, as I have, the first problem is to find them. And if you want to be sure they're in front of you and in the open, not behind you, in the bush, it's a question of establishing who's hunting who. I don't follow that. Well, I mean that now I know where the lion is. And I hope you'll change your mind about this evening. It'll be a small affair, and I'm going to announce my donation of a million dollars to the Caswell-Porter Memorial Hospital Fund. And you'll solicit other donations? Yes, but that's not the part that would interest you. Some other things might. There's the dominant wife, the ineffectual husband, the family doctor with ambitions to head up a new mental clinic, and a lawyer with a frustrated power complex. Do come in, Mr. Thorne. Death may dance at our party tonight. I didn't forget my little beauties. Dinner's on time as usual. Oh, uh, Liz. I uh, couldn't find you, so I, I figured you'd come up here to feed those little monsters. Oh, that's not all you figured, is it, Lester? What? Isn't this the zero hour for you? What's that mean? Lester, pretense is tiresome and you're so obvious. Inching your way to the mantle. It was a clever scheme. What What scheme? The rumors, dear. Whispers about my faulty memory. 
my morbid moods and preoccupation with death. But you weren't trying to prove I was mentally unstable. You were laying the foundation for my death. You told somebody. What? And spoil the hunt? Of course not. Well, then it will work. Elizabeth hasn't been quite right lately. Seems definitely unbalanced. She just went into the study and, like her grandfather, shot herself with the same gun. A good speech. But to make it effective, I have to be dead. Well, go ahead, Lester. From where you're standing, you can almost reach the mantelpiece. The gun is loaded there, waiting, but... The other gun is right here in the drawer of the desk. And it's loaded, too. What? Oh, don't lose your nerve now, Lester, because I know. And I can't let you off the hook to try again. We're like my children of death, aren't we? This room is our tank, and only one of us can remain alive. You... You don't know! your gun back in the mantelpiece and place the weapon in your hand. There. The stage is set. It's set for your suicide, Lester. Not mine. Elizabeth, I know this is a terrible shock, but you're bearing up beautifully. Oh, I have no choice. If I thought hysterics would bring Lester back, I'd dissolve into a flood of tears. You're an amazing woman. Oh, a fortunate woman, Alan. And having you and Tom and Mr. Thorne to help me. Mr. Thorne, you're familiar with what has to be done. Mm. And perhaps you could call the police and with your influence, maybe we can keep this from the other guests. I'm sure the three of us can take care of everything. Of course. Why don't you go upstairs and lie down, Elizabeth? I'll get you a sedative. I wouldn't advise that right now. Oh, pardon? I have had a lot of experience in matters of this kind. And there's a procedure that the police automatically follow. What's that? You're not a lawyer. You should know that they will take a paraffinist of Mr. Crane's hands to prove that he fired a gun tonight. And if the test is negative, they'll run the same check on Mrs. Crane. I think her test will prove positive. What are you suggesting? Oh, shut up, Tom. You mean the police will know that I fired the derringer? Definitely. Death did dance at your party tonight. And it was murder. All right. Call the police, Thorne. I killed him. My dear, you are hysterical. Don't admit anything. Quiet, both of you. There's a lot to be done. Alan, I want all the money allocated for the Caswell Porter Memorial Mental Hospital to be transferred to the fund immediately. Tom, I want your promise that you will push through the fund drive and start construction on the hospital... As quickly as possible. But Elizabeth... Oh, think, will you? Think. Obviously, I'm going on trial for murder. It's equally obvious that we'll have only one possible defense. If that defense is successful, who knows? I may be the first patient in the Port of Memorial Mental Hospital. I'll certainly want a comfortable suite. Presented Children of Death, starring Miss Wendy Berry, 
Written by Frank Thomas, directed by Ted Bell. Featured in the cast, George Petrie, David Kerman, Paul McGrath, and Jack Manning. Script editor, Jack C. Wilson. Original music by Ralph Herman. Orchestra under the direction of Glenn Osser. Executive producer for Theater 5, Mr. Lee Bowman.